PDPW On Demand. Here's Bill Baker. Welcome and thank you for joining us this week on the PDPW podcast. Our guest is Tom Thibodeau, who shares with us how intentions shape our lives and how we can be more intentional and deliberate rather than reactive or responsive. So here's the PDPW podcast this week with Tom Thibodeau on intentions. This comes from Plato and has been repeated throughout the ages. So a thought, reap an action. So an action, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. We become what we do. In his new book, Atomic Habits, James Clear shows us how incremental daily choices can change our lives and circumstances by 1% daily. It is the law of nature. It takes a lot of slow to grow. Slow incremental changes are encouraged in three ways. One, by our levels of intentionality. Confucius said, it doesn't matter how slowly you go as long as you don't stop. Many people set New Year's resolutions and goals which they have already abandoned because they really didn't commit to the change There was no quick results or rewards, and in many ways, it was just abstract. Maybe, if you will, wishful thinking. Intentions, on the other hand, are practical, habitual, and meaningful. Each and every day, I can write down my intentions, no more than three, and repeat them. What are the things intentionally that I would choose to be and become this day? This sets my thinking into motion, and my thoughts then begin to direct my behavior. Our intentions create our realities. Be attentional. Be deliberate rather than reactive or responsive. Think for a moment the direction that you would like your life to take, the impact that you would like to have not only for tomorrow, but understand the impact that you have on tomorrow resonates and ripples throughout the rest of your life. Second, a way in which we shape our lives in intentionality is rituals. Rituals help us to celebrate, to become conscious of and aware of the direction our lives are taking. Robert Fulgham writes this, from beginning to end, the ritual of our lives shape each hour, day, and year. Everyone leads a ritualized life. Rituals are repeated patterns of meaningful acts. If you are mindful of your actions, you will see the ritual patterns. If you see the ritual patterns, you may understand them. If you understand them, you may enrich them. In this way, the habits of a lifetime become sacred. Is this so? It's the rituals of our lives that give meaning to our lives, that help us to pay attention. All of our lives are shaped by ritual throughout the year. We start with celebrating January 1st. In January, the nation stops to remember the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. We stop also in, in January, the beginning of February, a national ritual has become preparing for the Super Bowl. We will stop again as a nation and to remember the president's in our country and way in which they served and led us, particularly the examples of Washington and Lincoln. In March, we stop and ritually celebrate March 17th for the Irish have their day 
and everyone becomes Irish with leprechauns and shamrocks and green beer. March oftentimes is reserved for the ritual of, of Easter and new life. May, Mother's Day, the ritual remembering and practice of honoring our mothers, those women who gave us life and love for a lifetime. In May, we also honor graduates, people who in a very ritual way have begun and completed their education, and now we send them off to lives of meaning and purpose. The end of May, we have a Memorial Day, which is now sometimes lost in a three-day shopping weekend, but to memorialize all those people who have gone before us, all those people who have given their lives in service to us and our country. Father's Day is in June in which we remember the men in our lives whose strength shapes our character. July 4th, we celebrate freedom in a ritualized way, parades, celebrations, ceremonies, fireworks, picnics. We stop for a day and remembering that leisure helps us to be free. We practice it in a very ritual way in our own personal and communal lives. August, there's now a ritual of getting ready and going back to school. In September, we ritualize and remember Labor Day, the work of human hands that people do in order to make our lives possible. October, one of the greatest rituals that has evolved in all cultures, it was the harvest. People celebrated the harvest with Oktoberfest for the Germans, but every culture celebrates the hard work of farmers who produce the food that allows us to survive for another year. Also, Halloween has taken on enormous proportions, a ritual of becoming somebody that we really aren't, to live in fantasy, even adults. November, we remember um, those whose lives were lost in, in war. We also take time for Thanksgiving. And in December, the ritual celebration of Christmas, of gathering of families and to recognize that all of our life is a gift. It's the rituals in our lives, the ways in which we celebrate our common life together that helps remind us of who and whose we are. And third, the way in which we help with levels of intentionality and building habits is by listening to the stories of the people that we know and love. The stories that are handed down from one generation to another as to what is important and significant. I'd like to end today's podcast with a piece that I wrote um, in honor of my father. Here it is. My father sent a manila envelope on his desk. You might be interested in reading it. Dad, I really want to read it, I replied. Well, read it, he said, and tell me what you think. My father gave me an invitation and challenge simultaneously. In his own subtle and thoughtful way, my father knew that his life story was ultimately my story and the story of my brothers and sisters, which up until this time had been carefully untold. While growing up, my father told us little about his family and boyhood in Coleman, Wisconsin. On Saturday nights after our ritual bath, I remember my dad sitting on the end of our beds telling us stories about his dog, Pat, a wonder dog who helped save him from a frozen lake, guided Santa to Coleman on a stormy Christmas Eve, and played center field in a crucial game against Pound. They knew a dog could catch, but they never expected that he could hit. Listening to his stories, we thought that his boyhood was similar to ours, 
As I grew up, it fell to me to occasionally give the ritual Saturday night baths to my younger siblings. Following in the storytelling tradition that I had been handed on to me, I told the Pat stories as best I could. These stories are some of my fondest childhood memories, which is odd because I'm allergic to and fearful of dogs. My father's stories were antidotes to both fears and allergies. I took his manuscript home. I guarded it carefully. This envelope contained my father's semester work from his writing course, Memories and Memoirs, and family secrets and stories which had been buried in his emotional bedrock for over 60 years. I had been handed a family legacy and knew it. For two months, I thought about reading the manuscript, but each time had an excuse for not discovering my past. Finally, on a night when my wife and daughters were gone, I cautiously began to read. I couldn't believe it. I always knew my grandmother had died when my father was young, but I never knew her name was Jenny. I met her for the first time, as well as my Aunt Mary and Uncle John and my Uncle Mark. And in some ways, it was the first time I met my father, who uses his middle name Pat in his book. These gentle, sensitive, religious people have passed down their questions, stories, and faith genetically. I always knew these people, but never met them. This must be the experience of the communion of saints. Reading this manuscript released a collective memory of generations, and the pain of loss and the pride of legacy humbled me. It also made me aware of my responsibility to share both with my siblings and others. All of us are connected in the human family. Blessed be the tie that binds. In this book, I discovered the roots of community, the common good, respect, honesty, and personal responsibility gave dignity to the ordinary people of Coleman, a farming community. They are my people and your people, and we can learn from their examples. Church basements, the meat market, the garage, and deer camp were and still can be sacred gathering spaces where time is sanctified in the sharing of stories and silence. The manuscript comes alive with the complexity of relationships. Men and women, friends and family members, adults and children, all had their roles to play, each understanding that their lives intersected with each other and were dependent upon each other. It was a time before fast food, garage door openers, and remote controls. These people shared food, opened doors for each other, and exercised control responsibly. These are traditional values which guide their life, and I try to duplicate in mine. And finally, God is omnipresent in these pages. Revelation is not an abstraction. God is a lived reality. Art, Jenny, Pat, Jeannie, and Mark are faith-filled people whose lives are grace-dependent. Their faith is our greatest gift. Faith of our fathers and mothers, holy faith, we will be true to you till death. Thank you, Dad. Your story permeates our lives and our love. You will always be at our foot of our beds, telling stories which link us to you and God as the sun sets. Our lives are shaped by the intentions that we hold. Our intentions become our realities, and we need to be reminded of them each and every day. So how is it that I'm practicing this? It's not an abstraction. Here are my intentions for the next year. First, I'm going to try to be kinder and kind in every conversation and every encounter I have with each person I meet 
each day. Kind comes from the same root word as the word kin. That means in each encounter I have with people, friends and strangers, I will treat them as if they were a brother and a sister. We need to rediscover the power of kindness. Second, I have spent so much of my working life serving the needs of other people. Intentionally, I am going to go on a date each week with my wife of 40 years. She deserves as much time, effort, and intentionality as the work I've dedicated myself to these last 40 years. Take care of the people that we love each and every day. And finally, I am going to become more prayerful. Each and every day, I'm going to set aside time for reflection, contemplation, meditation, mindfulness, whatever you might call it, recognizing that I am limited as to what I can do as a human being, but I can be aware of that it is my responsibility each and every day to do what I can with what I have where I'm at. I can't change the world, but by being intentional, I can change my habits. By changing my habits, I can change myself. By changing myself, I can send a ripple effect into the world in which I live. Intentions shape our lives. Our thanks to Tom Thibodeau for joining us this week on the PDPW Podcast. For more news, resources, updates, and archive podcasts, head to pdpw.org. From the professional dairy producers, you are the most important asset on this planet, and we thank you for listening and your support.